Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together, we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. A production of iHeartRadio. Hello, welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. Our colleague Noel is on an adventure, but will return shortly. They call me Ben. We're joined, as always, with our super producer, Paul Mission Control Deckant. Most importantly, you are you. You are here. And that makes this the stuff they don't want you to know. It's a new year. Hope everybody uh, was able to get uh, some kind of vacation, some kind of holiday slash family time. Uh, And a lot of us listening now are officially returned to work. The holiday season has uh, sadly concluded. And so as we speak, there are billions of people across the planet who are firing up the old laptop or they're, you know, putting on the uniform. They're they're starting the company van and they're off on another uh, another episode of trying to stay alive in 2022. Uh, may fortune. Uh, what, what do they say in the Hunger Games? Fade may the odds the be bold. ever in your face. And fortune favor the bold, may the odds be ever in your favor. Matt, you remember that song, uh, I always feel like someone's watching me? Somebody's oh, yeah. watching me? Oh, yeah. yeah. It never stops. I've been, I've been thinking about that a lot as we were researching today's episode. This is Orwellian. And you know what, fellow conspiracy realist? 
after thinking about it and after digging into this, I can't speak for Matt or Mission Control, but I do hope you're listening to this episode at work. Yes, just hopefully not on your company-issued device. Don't don't do that. <laughs> right, right. Uh, if you the the reason this is a cool thing to listen to while you're at work is because it gives it a little extra punch, a little extra mm-hmm. immediacy. Right, you know. Uh, Matt, people have heard us joke on the show before about how stuff they don't want you to know has ruined our search histories. And that is that is true. Uh, But the hazard of an oddball search history pales in comparison to what many other people have experienced in the workplace, especially over the past couple of years. Life turned upside down. Across the planet, millions and millions of people found themselves, let's see, battling disease, financial woes, mental health, social unrest, all the while still trying to hold down a solid job. For a lot of people, the world will never be the same. And this this goes for employers as well as employees. Our episode today is about work. It's about watching. And it's about, ultimately, who watches The Watchmen. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And this, I I don't know about you, man, but this, this one spooked me out a little too. Oh, definitely. Uh, Especially because of the way work has changed for many of us, especially the people right now making this show. uh, We we work from home now and to a large extent, and we probably will for, oh, I don't know, the foreseeable future uh, because, because of the safety benefits of being all isolated in separate places and we're, we're going to get into it. So let's just talk about statistics while we're sitting here and discussing this stuff, right? Yeah. Here are the facts. If you go to the U S Bureau of labor and statistics, you'll see that across 2020, about one in four employed people teleworked or worked from home for pay in some capacity. That doesn't mean they were all locked up hermiting away, that means there were a lot of people who were like, I'll go in one day a week, or I will be gone for, you know, my office is closed for a month and we're working remotely. So all in all, more than a third of all the households in the U.S. reported working from home more frequently than they had before COVID hit. But we also found some socioeconomic, sociodemographic divides. If you are a younger worker, you're less likely to have teleworked due to the pandemic. And that's where, you know, we learn things like essential workers. A lot of younger people who were maybe just getting their first job out of high school, during high school, something like that, they started off in places like retail operations or the service industry, and they had to go into work in person because of the nature of their profession. Yeah, and that's something that also comes into play with these statistics. The Census Bureau found that that economic divide that we're all seeing accelerate came into play here as well. People who made more money tended to more easily telework than those who made less money. So if you look at the Census Bureau, they found that in the highest earning households with incomes of $200,000 or more, that's combined household, 73.1%. 73.1 were able to switch to telework. Again, like we're able to switch to telework. And in contrast to that, only 12.7% of households earning under $25,000 a year were uh, were able to telework at all. 
because they, again, like you said, Ben, they had to go into work for one reason or another. Yeah, exactly. No, let's do a thought experiment, folks. Imagine that you are a manager. Imagine you're a CEO or what have you. You have a team of people and you have a group of tasks. If you have your own boss to report to, you need to be able to tell that person that you've knocked out these tasks or you've made progress on them. And of course, if you are a good manager, your goal is to make sure your employees grow professionally. You want to set them up for success. But now your whole team, your whole posse has turned their homes into isolated work cubicles. You can't walk by like that office space guy with the cup of coffee anymore. You have to find some other way to keep track of what they're doing. Could you do a weekly Zoom meeting? Sure, why not? But is that enough? That's when managers and employers started asking themselves, what else can we do? And this leads us to the new age of work surveillance. You know, I was thinking about this too. Um, Folks, if you remember the last time you got a new job, you probably had a bunch of paperwork. I know that, you know, when our overlords have changed over the years, we have to go through the rigmarole of reading all the paperwork again, you know, codes of ethics, financial info, insurance stuff, all the, all the really juicy reads. But in this mountain of paperwork, there are some interesting things you will often find Tucked away somewhere in there, a statement saying something like, any activity you do on company time with company equipment needs to be work-related, and you don't have maybe intellectual property rights, which sounds abstract, but it's really important. This applies to the idea of patents and inventions. Like, let's say Mission Control, while we're recording, he's secretly using his work machine to invent a new kind of quesadilla. That's what he's into. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> then our bosses, let's say this case to do blows up. It's like transformed the world's understanding of sandwiches. Uh, but our bosses say, uh, you came up with this while you were at work using our equipment. So this quesadilla belongs to us, pal. Uh, well, the problem is, how do you yeah. prove that it occurred on that computer and when? Ha-ha. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes. And that's, I mean, obviously that's an extreme example. Uh, It's not unprecedented. Most people, most companies aren't going to go to court over quesadillas, though for the record, I would 100% watch a show called Quesadilla Court. I think the (laughs) idea's got legs. Uh, But but you're absolutely right, Matt. Like, (sighs) if you're listening to this, your job in some way, shape, or form is monitoring you. Like, that's as old as the idea of clocking in and clocking out on a punch card. The issue is, especially nowadays, the process may be much more robust, much more conspiratorial, and much less visible than you might think. And it's only going to accelerate in the future. Uh, Before we move on, I have to ask you, Matt, I want to put you on the spot, but do you remember- No, please do. Okay. Oh, good. All right. Uh, We'll put us both on the spot. Do you remember a few months ago, we were talking about how to get under kind of under the hood of your laptop and see what other entities were contacting your machine? Well, yes, Ben. Uh, One of the things you can do if you have a Mac, you can check your activity monitor. That's a fun way to find out if there's software running in the background that you're unaware of that's maybe been installed without your knowledge because you can do that with Bossware. 
If you're running a Windows machine, you check your task manager and do the same thing. We can talk about it and get into it a little later. But if you somehow block the monitoring that your employers have installed on your computer, um, that's probably going to cause more problems than just if you, I don't know, work around it in some other way. Uh, but yeah, uh, we, we found out you could do that. There's also certain things like uh, antivirus software that might be on your machine that's either installed by you or your employer. And that's a good way to monitor when things connect to your computer, right? If something physically has been plugged in or some device or if something virtually connects to your machine. Mm -hmm. And a lot of these things aren't necessarily nefarious. It's, it's important to establish that from the get go, because it turns out a lot of them are very much nefarious insidious, dangerous. Here's where it gets crazy. So companies struggled during the pandemic to maintain control and visibility with an increasingly remote workforce. You used uh, our word of the day just a second ago, Matt, bossware. This is <laughs> just like malware, software, hardware, bossware is, describes Types of software, genre of software, as well as an industry that is built entirely upon monitoring employees, monitoring productivity, even gamifying it, as Microsoft and Amazon have have done. And if you're if you're a data nerd, there's a lot of cool stuff you can do. You can like compare things. You can build tables. You can look at uh, the metadata of people's time and how they spend it. So if you you know, if one of your employees is a night owl, like someone who is regularly burning the midnight oil, then you will know. You will see, oh, these emails are being sent out at 8 a.m., but they're being scheduled at like midnight. You know, that, that gives you a sense of what your crew is doing. And Bossware is usually going to be on a computer, a smartphone, maybe a tablet. Uh, the important thing about it is it has admin privileges. It can access all the info that happens on that device. Yeah, it, it more or less can collect anything and everything that happens, right? And theoretically, these systems, the software, and these uh, enterprise clients, they're all about ATPS, Ben. That's attendance, time, productivity, and security. Yes. Yeah, that's that's what it is. ATPS. This stuff already existed in some form or another, as we said, you know, regardless of where you work, if you have a uh, quote unquote office job, then you probably have some kind of IT department or some kind of subcontracted IT service. And they will, for instance, probably get alerts. If someone accesses a not safe for work website on company equipment, and I think everybody can agree that's pretty reasonable, right? Yeah, that's... I have no problem with that. Come on, <laughs> no, that, that's it's a small battle we've had to fight a few times over the years, just because this show is not safe for work. Again, like I hope you're not listening on your work device, <laughs> but I hope you are listening at work. <laughs> Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, this, this is something that we have run into in the course of stuff they don't want you to know with, you know, not, not too much sort of sound and fury from the suits, but we have, 
you know, we, we've had to, like, this has happened to Jonathan Strickland on tech stuff too. This happened to a lot of our colleagues because you have to dive into primary sources and some of those primary sources are in some pretty dicey places online. Uh, and that's just the nature of our pursuit, which is somewhat distinct uh, and different from a lot of other jobs. But the same rules still apply. If you have an IT department that gets these alerts, they're probably not obsessively like going employee by employee and reading everyone's browser history. The process is probably automated and it gets flagged sort of the way that uh, state level surveillance of citizens works. Uh, but and then, that is changing in the remote setup, right? Mm-hmm. It, it was it was much more of a flagging system before employees were far far away from the manager's physical position. <laughs> mm-hmm. And this goes more extreme. Here's one that you may have on your on your workplace gadgets that you don't know about. It's something called a keylogger, Matt. Keyloggers are scary, partially because mm-hmm. of how effective they are, but I, st- I think also because of how uh, invisible they can be and uh, how just how much information they can give out. There's a lot of potential for shenanigans. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I imagine that someone can monitor every single keystroke that you make. That means every website you've ever visited, if you type it in, every password you've ever entered. If you type it in, uh, any message that you send to anyone with a, maybe a messages app or with a text messaging service or even WhatsApp or anything like that, uh, it, it can get monitored. And it's way scarier, I think, if this is being monitored by somebody that you just don't know. If it's, you know, your employer, maybe your direct boss or their boss, that could stink but it's not the same as if it's you know being tracked by some other third party that you're unaware of. Right, exactly. Uh, your email can also be searched. Calls made from company-issued devices can be not just recorded, but monitored in real time. So there's definitely the potential for someone to be eavesdropping, which again is something that a lot of people have just sort of accepted as normal. Like, I I don't know about you. Well, I do know about you. We both for a very long time have taken it for granted that if a camera is not physically covered up, you should treat it as though it is recording. Sort of like a gun should always be treated as though it is loaded. Dude, do you remember when we were we went around the office and in all the studios we started? Well, I I don't know. I think you did it, too. But I know I personally applied tape to many of the studio iMacs and and other machines that just have (laughs) cameras installed on them. Just as a, like, if you need it, you can take the tape off. Yeah. And you were, it's important in your defense, in our defense, uh, we weren't doing like sketchy stuff. We weren't even, you know, it's not like, it it wasn't like, oh, no one, um, we're secretly selling quaaludes or something like that we weren't even you well, know picking our noses well i wasn't <laughs> no we weren't doing anything nefarious it's just the fact that it's what you said it's a it's like a loaded gun that's pointed at all times not really obviously and you know I'm not trying to downplay guns or upplay cameras it's just something we should be aware of exactly and there are numerous other examples of this monitoring like some software will just take frequent periodic screenshots of whatever's on your monitor. And 
At this point, let's pause for word from our sponsors, uh, see who at our job is spying on us, and then we'll return to dive into the deeper waters surrounding workplace surveillance. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hey, it's Danielle, Will, and Ryder from Pod Meets World. Thanks to our friends at Hyundai, we were able to record a very special episode for you guys at the one and only, wait for it, Boy Meets World House. Take a listen. We are lucky to be sitting with Alan and Amy Matthews in the flesh, William, Rusty Russ, and Betsy Randall. Yay! Thank you. Thank you. Yes. When those legends get here, let me know. <laughs> you're here. You're here already. No. Uh, we didn't either when we were watching yeah, this. That's, day. Day. that's we the We didn't problem. realize it until we uh, started getting into seasons three and four, and now we're like, oh, my God. We were both so good on the show, and we missed it because we were we young. We were kids and, and so self-involved. Egomaniacs. Yeah. And <laughs> didn't realize well, no, how great you were. We've talked about it. I think you just assumed everybody was as good as them. And, right. and then right. you get into right. as you grow up and you work with other actors, you realize how how lucky we were yeah. to have you guys. This has been brought to you by the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. New episode out now. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening. Okay, we're back. Like we said, this is kind of normalized now. This idea of being monitored at work is something that the majority of employees, regardless of their specific industries, have come to accept. Some employers, yes, are much more extreme than others. Our outfit is pretty laissez-faire, so far as we know, which is another thing we have to bring up in today's episode. But there are really, really extreme examples. And one that you will run into time and time again is Amazon. Oh my gosh, Amazon. So many methods to track your employers in so many different positions. Ooh. And let's just use one quick example here. Imagine that you drive for a living. This is okay. what you do. You're a driver. Yeah. You're an, you're an Amazon delivery person. And inside the vehicle with you at all times, at all times, is a 360-degree camera 
that can see anything and everything that you do, every action, and it's constantly monitoring and judging you. (laughs) Did you yawn a little bit? Oh, bro. (laughs) Why did you do that? Don't do that. Did you take a hand off the wheel for a second? You didn't just touch your cell phone, did you? Like there, <laughs> it really does monitor everything and it monitors what, how much time you spend behind the wheel, how much time you're away from that driver's seat to deliver packages at a certain location. It's intense stuff. And that's why, you know, it's, I would say it's a direct reason why you, you may have heard these stories. We've heard many about drivers having to urinate in the car in order to keep their productivity rating up and to prevent them from getting in trouble with their little 360 spy that lives with them. Mm -hmm. And transporting packages is an incredibly difficult job, whether it's the Mm -hmm. postal service, whether it's FedEx, whether it's Amazon, uh, people are pretty hard on delivery drivers. And it's important to remember that a lot of times drivers are being forced to, go through certain optimized routes. Uh, They are, you know, they have a a route dictated to them and they can, in some cases, be penalized if they say, well, it doesn't make sense for me to go this way. So I'm going to go this other way, you know, traffic, or I have another drop that's just down the street. Let me knock that out. Well, you know, Ben, it makes a lot more sense why there's been a massive uptick in videos of delivery drivers like maybe tossing a package a little bit to keep down the amount of time they're spending in one place. That's it's crazy to think about. And, you know, it certainly doesn't excuse destroying the contents of a package by throwing it or something, but you could totally see why it would happen. Yeah, absolutely. You can. And the companies that are selling this tracking software, they're making a killing. Don't worry about them. They're, they're doing fine. We assure you. But there's a lot of criticism coming out and many critics are increasingly concerned about What happens when your office becomes your home and your company's little version of Big Brother becomes, in a very real way, like a nosy roommate that's hovering over your shoulder? Like, for instance, Matt, you are are recording in your house, in your office. I'm recording in a room in my place that I just converted into an office, you know? Well, I mean, to be fair, this is just a room that I converted into an office as well. (laughs) Ah, yes, yes, yes. We just, we're, we're working in conversion rooms, I guess. Yeah. But our personal lives also occur in these rooms, you know? And the question then becomes a question about thresholds, boundaries, and comfort levels. How much should your employer be able to know about your personal life? Uh, Found a great quote by an outfit called the Electronic Frontier Foundation, the EFF. We've talked about them on the show before. Uh, And I like how they put this. They put it pretty succinctly when they talk about, uh, when, when they introduce the concept of bossware and when they talk about how these tools are sold to employers and how they can affect employees. Oh, sure. And they say some vendors build their tools as automatic time tracking or workplace analytics software. Others market to companies concerned about data breaches or intellectual property theft. We'll call these tools collectively bossware. Hey, here's the term. There it is. The EFF is using it. So I think we're totally fine in, in using bossware. Yeah, let's continue with the quote. While aimed at helping employers, Bossware puts workers' privacy and security at risk. 
by logging every click and keystroke, covertly gathering information for lawsuits, and using other spying features that go far beyond what is necessary and proportionate to manage a workforce. Yeah, so their their idea is that this is overkill, basically. Mm-hmm. That's That's kind of the crux of their argument. And yeah, it's clear that the EFF has a horse in this race. They have a, a, a an opinion, they have a badger in the bag, because again, they're a nonprofit that is intensely focused on worrying about privacy in the digital sphere. That is their job, right? So it's not hard to see why they, of all people, would think this is a bad thing. Remotely controlling a laptop camera in an office, that's one thing. But then imagine you have a camera that turns on without your consent in your own bedroom, like after work hours. You know, now it's like, 9.30, you're kicking it, you know, on the bed uh, next to your desk or something. I don't know. You're watching Always Sunny in Philadelphia or you're, uh, you're knitting because that's your new hobby during the pandemic for some reason in this scenario. And all of a sudden, you notice that little, little red light on your camera, whatever your device is, is has popped on. And you don't know how long it's been on and you don't know why it's on. You can go and shut it off yourself or cover it, but now you know someone else can drive your car as it were. Add to this, the even more Black Mirror-esque part of this, uh, I believe there's functionality in some devices to have the camera on without seeming as though it is on. Yes, but just in, in many of these software's defense, it is only used on company time. Right. So Mm -hmm. if there's a certain number of work hours you're supposed to keep in a week and those work hours are between a certain time, then generally it could or would be active and then would be inactive in other times. That isn't always the case. And, you know, there's so many variables that go into that. This is a real scenario that could happen. Yeah. Yeah. And at this point, there might be some folks in the audience who some of us are thinking, well, this is kind of. Are we being a, a sensationalistic or guys, calm down. It's the internet. Privacy doesn't exist anymore. Uh, but before we ask if this is alarmist, let's look at some of those general categories of monitoring. What we have just talked about is the most common type of surveillance activity monitoring. It's a log of which apps you use, which websites you visit. It could include stuff like who you email and when, including the subject line metadata. Uh, It could also include posts you make on social media, on your work computer, tablet, or phone. So let's say you just got a a hot news story or an announcement, and you go to Twitter, or you go to Facebook, and you just pop it up there while you're thinking about it, then your employer will know about that as well. And this, this is one of the most widely accepted things. Just assume people know what you're doing on the work computer, but then the boss where that records, you know, physical input on your mouse or your keyboard, uh, you might be surprised by, by the process that occurs there. This takes a look at a minute by minute breakdown. You know what I mean? Like what are Ben and Matt typing? What are Matt and Ben reading? And when are they reading it? And then that is used as kind of a stand-in for productivity. And anybody who's worked in the field of research before, you know that there's a lot of stuff you might be doing that looks inactive because you're just, you're reading a book, right? Or you're deep in a weird government PDF. And that's the (laughs) one page you're on for like 
three hours. Yeah, no, you're right. And it's a weird thing to bring into our world, Ben, because for me in, let's say, the la- the 45 minutes to the run up of recording, I stopped reading and I started jumping in YouTube to see how this has been reported on by other outfits. Right. And so I'm literally sitting here at my computer with my cameras covered, of course, and my (laughs) microphone turned off, but I'm watching YouTube videos and I'm just trying to take in as much information as I can to see how other people have covered it. And if this, you know, if this system or one of these systems was watching me and monitoring me, it would look like I'm literally just watching YouTube videos, um, which is what I was doing, but it was part of my job. So it's just a strange thing you know if your if your job is based on you know a quantitative number of tasks like in you know the let's say the amazon drivers circumstance this specific thing monitoring a computer isn't going to help but a you know watching how many tasks are done in a certain amount of time is like in a weird messed up dystopian way something that an employer should kind of be interested in um that kind of metric i guess but yeah, when I, it I comes, agree. I mean, to an extent, right? Yeah. But, you know, in many office employees situations, it's a very different scenario. It's it's almost like you should be more focused on the results of whatever those hours are spent doing. What are the results of those hours rather than here's all the stuff that's occurring during those hours? Right. It changes based on the nature of the task, the nature Mm -hmm. of the work. So, for example, if you are working in a call center, then the phone becomes a a very robust way of monitoring you. How this person made X, took X calls or processed Y claims in Z space of time. They spent, you know, X amount of time on a bathroom break. Or something like that, you know, and even down breaking it down into minute by minute increments, uh, whereas it's still gross, which is pretty gross. Yeah, Uh, I I get that it's like necessary, you know, because maybe somebody just doesn't want to be on the phone for a minute and they're out of break time. So they just go and sit in the bathroom. That happens. People at call centers have done that um, just to get away. But it is kind of weird. Right. Because like over time, does that mean that your employer has has modeled out your bowel movements? Yeah. And like, oh, 315, we're going to lose Norman or Henrietta for for about 25 minutes. Uh, Man, David (laughs) has taken a long time to make his sandwich today. (laughs) All right. Well, we'll see what happens when he gets back. Mm -hmm. And. There are generally two ways bossware is deployed. Oh, this industry is about. Yeah, this is really important. There could be an app that is visible to you or maybe even controllable by the worker. Something where like, okay, I am officially starting my day, so I'm going to log into some program. And then I'm going to log out of that program, and the stuff I've done is documented. That's transparent. That's just a way of keeping people, you know, accountable. And it could be a win-win for everyone because that kind of thing also, in theory, helps employees establish their boundaries, right? I have logged out. I am no longer Paul Mission Control Decant. 
I am Paul, the quesadilla king, uh, that, that kind of stuff. But the other way is not near as, as um, above board. The other way is a secret background process that you cannot see unless you know what you're looking for. And a lot of people who are so overworked these days, frankly, don't consider it a good use of time to go digging into that, you know? And and the companies that sell this stuff, they don't have a strong opinion about which approach uh, organizations should take. They will, they'll say, hey, we'll install it either way. You want them to know what's up? That's fine. You want, it, you want a secret? You like secrets? We'll do a secret. We'll do a secret one. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's just creepy to imagine that it could be happening without your knowledge. There are several videos you can find on YouTube where there's like a a Zoom session, essentially, of someone pitching their employee monitoring software, and they go into a spiel where they, they discuss this thing exactly, how to install it covertly if you wish to. So it just goes out to all your employees' machines on the network at once. Um Yikes. Uh, and, and it gets a little complicated. Depends on if you're like logged into your company's VPN or something like that, mm-hmm. or how you could actually get access in that way. But it, it is something that can happen and it is designed. Many of these softwares are designed to be installed that way. Uh, ben, I, I wanted to take one second just as we're going through all this stuff and just name off a couple of these pieces of software. Oh yeah. So people can be aware. I jumped over to PC mag, the old PC magazine that I used to get in the mail. Really? Oh, I miss it. I miss it. That's okay. Um, this is their best employee monitoring software for 2022. You can find this online right now. One is called Terra Mind. I, Terra Mind. I heard a lot about this one in the research for this. There's also Active Track. Heard about that one. One called... Uh, I've been, I'm going to say Variato Cerebral, Ooh, <laughs> but it looks classy. like, it looks like Variato Cerebral, mm-hmm. um, Controlio, that's fun. Hub Staff, that mm. sounds more like a, like an actual staffing yeah. thing. Um, like it, it sounds like a service that, uh, rents out husbands for people. That's <laughs> the old hub staff. <laughs> oh man. Uh, there's also InterGuard. You can learn a lot about InterGuard. That one uh, has been featured, I think, by the BBC and CBS mm-hmm. and a couple other couple other outlets. Staff Cop. I don't I like don't, that one. Nope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nope. <laughs> uh, there's also Vericlock. Uh, sounds like a timekeeping one. Desk Time Pro. Mm. And Work Pulse. Without P-U-L-S. any ULS. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's just a that's just a few because there are there are so many there are too many really for us to name mm-hmm. in today's show, but the EFF did some great work digging into these. Again, yes, they are a biased source, but we want to acknowledge that uh, they found some commonalities across these many many companies and services. First thing first, every piece of software, every product they looked at had the ability to take those regular frequent screenshots of a company device. Ben is up at 3 a.m. reading, you know, about the history of her- hermetic magic, 
Yeah. Okay. Okay. Says, you know, whatever, whatever, uh, eye of Sauron department is watching my computer at the time. He better do an episode about this because otherwise yeah. this guy is just being a, a midnight wizard. It's 9 45 PM Eastern and Matt has recorded another piano riff and he's attempting to edit it on his work machine. <laughs> oh, crap. <laughs> I love this. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, let's see. It's, uh, at the same time, this eye of Sauron sees at 9.45, uh, for some reason, Ben has 23 tabs open on the history of the refugee crisis in Bhutan. And now he's going to wiki travel. And now he's looking up a recipe for casseroles. <laughs> <laughs> so the screenshots are one thing. They can see what's actively happening on your machine but it's still contained within your machine, right? Mm -hmm. The other thing many of them can do, not all of them, many of them can provide real-time video links to your the device. So can you can actually monitor the employee themselves rather than just what the employee is inputting into the computer. Mm -hmm. You can see that. You can see that person's face as they read an email, right? Or as they listen to a Zoom call with the belief that they've turned their camera off. Uh, this also, this, I'm getting a little sci-fi here, but this is also really interesting to me because if it was coupled with the right kind of algorithm, with the right kind of AI, you could conceivably measure people's micro expressions, the little, the little emotional ticks that folks can't often control. And then you would get great insight into what those employees were actually thinking. The, legally, that is something you can do, but it feels really ethically fraught, doesn't it? I mean, yeah. Let's let's see. Okay, so let's say this: you're you're for some reason checking on checking on Matt as he learns about vitamin D and its effects with Omicron for his newest song that he's writing. And, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, sure. And uh, and so. Uh, the uh, someone on the IT or whatever monitoring department says, "Oh, this is interesting. I like that. I like that riff. He's really, he's really spreading his wings musically. <laughs> I wonder what it looks like right now when he's playing this." And they turn on the feed, and maybe they see, you know, they see you diligently editing the song you have created. But then they say, "That's what I look like." Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> But then they say, I'm uh, suspicious of this new kind of like app or this program that he downloaded for this uh, music editing mission. So I'm going to jump in. I'm going to take control of his desktop, remotely access it, and I'm going to learn more about this program and I might delete it if I want to. And I don't have to, don't have to say that I did it. I'm just going to do it. So the problem here is that these these pieces of software don't really distinguish between your work-related stuff and your personal stuff. So if you have an office job and you have a computer, you've probably used it for some personal thing, a small digital errand. That's very, very common almost everywhere except for the kind of offices you need a security clearance to work in. So imagine this. This is what I was thinking of. I, I think a lot of people have experienced this. You're working on something. And then it hits you. You go, oh, it's the 29th. I need to pay that utility bill. I don't want to be late on it. Or, oh, I should check my bank account just to make sure, you know, a charge went through or something. 
the vast majority of people are not going to think twice about just knocking out that little task. They're going to open another tab and whatever their browser is, they're going to go to the website they need. They're going to enter their password, their username, and they're going to pay up. And the monitoring service sucks that up as well. So your employer might not, you know, know that you're making pasta for dinner or something, but they can definitely know your bank information, your personal logins for everything, for social media as well. That can spell trouble if a hack occurs, if corruption occurs. And it can also, this is the scary part, it could conceivably be used to pressure employees. Man, I, I I checked my bank account today on my work machine. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, let's pause for a second so we can all go change our passwords, and then we'll return to explore the future of the workplace surveillance conspiracy. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hey, it's Danielle, Will, and Ryder from Pod Meets World. Thanks to our friends at Hyundai, we were able to record a very special episode for you guys at the one and only, wait for it... Boy Meets World House! Take a listen. We are lucky to be sitting with Alan and Amy Matthews in the flesh, William, Rusty Russ, and Betsy Randall. Yay! Thank you. Thank you, Yes. When those legends get here, let me know. <laughs> you're here. You're here already. No. Uh, we didn't either when we were watching yeah, this that's day. Okay. That's we the didn't problem. realize it until we uh, started getting into seasons three and four, and now we're like, oh my God. You were both so good on the show, and we missed it because we were we young. We were kids and, and so self-involved. Egomaniacs yeah. and didn't realize well, no, how great you were. We've talked about it. I think you just assumed everybody was as good as them. And, right. and then right. you get into, right. as you grow up and you work with other actors, you realize how oh. lucky we were yeah. to have you guys. This has been brought to you by the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. New episode out now. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening. Okay, so this is this is the thing I wanted to bring up with you, Matt, and I'm really interested to see what our fellow listeners think about this. 
So what if an employer finds something, uh, finds evidence of something that is against company policy? Not like not necessarily um, a crime, maybe just some like they were they were sloppy with confidential information or they did some kind of violation of policy. Like they're not allowed to be on personal uh, on personal sites or something like that during work hours, but they were. What if the employer doesn't, you know, immediately flag that and ask them to discontinue that behavior? What if they save that as ammo, as leverage for the future? You know what I mean? Like that, that is possible. Yeah, I guess so. I'm trying to imagine this. I think there are only a few scenarios where that could occur. It reminds me of a discussion we had with a certain person that came on our show that I won't name of like saving ammo for like contract disputes, you know, uh, Mm. for the future. But I don't know. I can't imagine. uh, I can't imagine there not being some PR nightmare for a company that like saves compromise on their employees. (laughs) <laughs> right, right. Well, think about it maybe, I agree it would be a rarefied field, but think about it maybe in the world of politics. Yeah. that That's where it, that information could be useful and actionable. When we're looking at the future of workplace surveillance, that is an extreme example. I think it's safe to say that the majority of companies are not scheming to like blackmail and extort their employees. Not necessarily because it's an ethical quandary, more so because it's like, why? It's not worth the effort. It's kind of like a, a Rube Goldberg-esque approach to getting people to do stuff you want. You could just ask them. You do pay them to work. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's the thing. A, a, a lot of this feels like, so I don't know, covert coercion to mm-hmm. get your employees to do what you want them to do rather than just being an active, you know, an active boss without monitoring, an active manager without micromanaging. There's a, you know, you can do it. I, I don't know if, I don't see it. I don't know. We run teams here and and I don't know if uh, we're good at it or not. I, I guess we'd have to get feedback from our people. But um, it feels like you can be hands-on without being a micromanager and without employing the most massive, intrusive micromanagement available, which is this bossware. Yeah. And the concerns are pretty self-evident here. Your job is conspiring, but they're not necessarily conspiring against you. They're conspiring to make sure that you're focused. And most people, if we're being honest, are not about to risk their livelihoods rocking the boat for privacy. You know what I mean? Like if you are not somehow being monitored yet, your odds of being monitored in the future are incredibly high. And that is because of this uh, explosion of people working remotely or working from home. Back in 2018, in fact, found this survey by an outfit called Gartner, and their survey showed that 22% of organizations across the planet are already using some form of employee movement data. 17%, again, across the planet, were already monitoring computer usage information, and 16% were monitoring activity on Microsoft Outlook or generic calendar usage. That was pre-pandemic. The numbers have skyrocketed since, and it's pretty difficult to find 
accurate numbers right now just because it all happened so quickly. Uh, your employer can legally monitor almost anything you do at work. They're the, like the laws are written such that they, they can't follow you in the bathroom, basically. But they know when you're going. They know, Norman. They know what you're doing. And really, it makes sense. Uh, they can do this as long as the reason for their monitoring, the rationale, is important enough to them. This, is, this goes into like reading mail you get, snail mail that goes to a business. Uh, for instance, our job, our job has never like gone through packages sent to us, but that's that's not because they can't. It's because most of the people we work with are really cool. And then also they're frankly, they're probably too busy. Yeah, we definitely uh I don't think anyone's gone through that. I did notice one time we had a a letter, an actual snail mail letter that looked as though it had been opened and then reclosed, you know, using Steam. Uh, what? Yeah, wow. that's fine. That's fine. I'm, that that's a, flattering. That was a long time ago. Someone uh, cared enough. Wow. They were just checking for anthrax, I think. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, this this thing is real. It's very real. I'd like to just quickly mention, Ben, right before we started rolling, I texted our boss and asked that person if there's any employee monitoring software installed on our computers or if they use any kind of productivity analytics. And this person said they were unaware of such software. I was unable to locate anything physically running on my machine. And that makes me feel pretty good about our situation. <laughs> yeah, we're fortunate, especially when you consider how closely other people are monitored. To a degree, it becomes tyrannical. You know, uh, this, of course, it's not necessarily sinister. Of course, not all companies are the same. There are almost certainly bad faith actors out there, right? It is completely possible, I would even say plausible, that there's, you know, a creepy individual who might be using this to spy on someone inappropriately. But that doesn't mean that the entire company is doing it, right? The problem there is that there is no uniform process to address like data breaches, for instance, and there's not really a lot of leeway on the employee's side to draw clear work-home boundaries. The legislation just isn't there yet, and until that stuff catches up, it is seriously, I know it sounds a little stereotypical to say this, it is seriously best to assume that you are being observed whenever you are around work equipment. Just, just, uh, just know it, embrace it, and it's a weird scenario. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but also it's it's strange. One thing that really stuck out to me about a lot of this criticism is that uh, state level actors are can do a lot of the same stuff. You know what I mean? This is what we're seeing is a strategy and a technique across the public private sphere. Don't do anything near a camera. If you don't want your boss or possibly our NSA intern, Steve, to see it and be careful with your personal devices, too. Like, Matt, you made the excellent point earlier. You said, hey, maybe you can listen at work, but don't listen on your on your work device. Here's the thing, though. There's a question I have for you. If, say, for instance, you have your own personal smartphone and you have installed uh, work apps on there of some sort. 
like a productivity thing or an email app of some kind, how much access does that give your employer to the other stuff on your personal device? Oh, well, that's interesting. Theoretically, with something like Microsoft, they've got Viva Insights and monitoring that occurs with us. That that happens to us, Ben. Uh, our Microsoft Outlook and our calendar and all the other massive Microsoft 365 suite can be monitored if it's on your device. But that doesn't mean that they can look at everything else that you do on your phone. At least to my knowledge, from my understanding of reading several articles here, uh, all kind of associated with stuff like uh, Life Hackers, Security Gladiators, uh, Gizmodo. I looked at a bunch of that stuff just to see what can happen. But it, that does mean that certain activity on your personal device is monitored um, in some way, whether it's just by Microsoft and with Viva, it's just giving you insights on your activity and it's not sharing that necessarily with your boss. But uh, it, I don't know if it can access your microphone or camera. And in that, in that case, you would have to give that system like you'd have to give Microsoft Teams access to your camera and microphone. Oh, shoot, which we all do. Oh, crap. <laughs> right. Yeah, well said. And this is where we stand on the precipice, right, of all the surveillance to come. It's important to know that it's not just your employer doing it. It's kind of like, um, obviously, every country that can afford spies is going to hire spies because they work. Your job isn't out to get you quote unquote, but they do want to have as much visibility as possible. And they've kind of, I think the a pendulum swung. And what's happened is that because so many people are working from home and because so many leaders in a given company or organization want to be able to show that they produce results, they're clamping down and they're, and they're trying to learn as much about what their employees are doing as possible. That itself is not necessarily a bad thing. The problem is that the line between your expectations, your completely reasonable expectations of privacy and the desires of an employer, that line is really fuzzy. And it's a line that's easy to step on. It's a line that's easy to cross. And it's very difficult to pull things back once you've gone over that threshold. So be safe out there, folks. Uh, can't wait to hear your war stories about odd surveillance monitoring. I can't, you know, these are the kind of episodes that uh, sometimes lead like IT experts to write to us with tips and tricks. And I, and I love that. Uh, so shout out to our pal, James, if you're listening, <laughs> that uh, I always enjoy those conversations. Uh, but yeah, give us tips and tricks that we can share with your fellow listeners about how to, uh, how to maintain that boundary as best you can and how yeah. to be safe, you know? Yeah, no matter what you're doing or what's what you think might be monitoring, just remember that Cortana and Alexa and your Google Home mm -hmm. and your phone can always mm -hmm. hear you because it's always listening for you to wake it up. So uh, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> That's very inspiring. Yep. Very inspiring, Mr. Frederick. Uh, we we want to hear from you. What do you think the future of workplace surveillance is? Let us know. We try to be easy to find online. 
You can find us on Facebook and Twitter and YouTube at Conspiracy Stuff. On Instagram, we are Conspiracy Stuff Show. If you don't want to use social media, you can instead use your phone and your mouth to contact us via voice. Our number is one eight three three stdwytk Yes, you'll have three minutes. Those three minutes are yours. Go nuts! Just get weird with it. Give yourself a, a cool nickname. Uh, let us know if we can use your name and or voice on the air. And most importantly, when you call one eight three three stdwytk I just like to say it. Um, when you call... Don't feel like you have to censor yourself. If you have a tale that needs more than three minutes, just write us an email, attach the links, give us some leads on websites to start digging into, and you will have made our day. We read every single email we get. All you have to do is drop us a line where we are. Conspiracy at iHeartRadio.com. Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.